0: Welcome to An ADD Woman Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk a lot about how to form your identity apart from your ADHD. And as a woman with ADHD, how is that even possible? When you've spent so much time in your life focusing on all your shortfalls and all the things that you can't seem to accomplish as easily as your peers, it's really easy to form a really poor conception of, who you are as a person, and where your worth comes from. In society today, it's so common for us to heavily weight our worth in outside things. Monetarily, financially, careers, relationships, all those things in the world today tend to define our self-identities, and also it's how we measure people. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how I hid my ADHD from the people who cared about me the most, and also how once I realized I had ADHD, how I was able to piece together my identity apart from my struggles. I hope that this episode will help you. I hope that maybe you'll see yourself in it. Thank you so much for listening. Let's dive in. Welcome to an ADD Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Lacey Estelle, writer of all things about ADHD parenting and being an ADHD mother on Mothering the Storm with Lacey Estelle at LaceyEstelle.com. Here on an ADD Woman Podcast, we're going to switch it up and talk about all things to do with ADHD as an adult woman and how we deal with it. Now, you might be thinking, ADHD, women don't really have that. Actually, We do. We've all just been doing such a great job for years of masking it. So let's dive in. Let's talk about everything that our ADHD touches in our lives. And when I say everything, I mean everything. There is not one thing when you have ADHD that it doesn't affect. I'm so glad you're here. And if nothing else, I hope that you take away from this that you are not alone, you are not a failure, You are not lazy, and you are not stupid, and you are definitely not crazy. You just have ADHD, and you're just like me. But coming back to my brain in high school and my need for reassurance that there wasn't something wrong with me. So I got that out of my relationships, and when you do that, as a girl, it opens you up and makes you extremely prone to toxic relationships. And I will go into ADHD and I believe our nature towards toxic relationships in a total another episode because it is, I need to do more research on it, honestly, and it would be too much to try to cover here. But what I will say is because I was using my relationships to affirm my identity and affirm that I was a good person and affirm that there wasn't anything wrong with me, I also found myself in a toxic relationship that also affirmed all my worst fears. That person was very good at exploiting my worry that there was something wrong with me. You're lazy. You don't do this. You don't try. You don't. And as an ADHD person now, Parenting ADHD children, there are a few things that I try hard not to say to them because I know that internally they are trying as hard as they can. They're trying as hard as they can and they're still not able to do the things that they want to be able to do. So I was 14 and I got in a relationship with a boy who was a lot older than me. He was 16 at the time. And we stayed together on and off for a very long time. But in high school, I noticed that I was drawn to that relationship for a couple of things. One, as an ADHD girl, I obviously am going to struggle massively with impulsivity. And in adolescence, that's going to come out as typical adolescent behavior, possibly. Um, You know, rebelliousness, risk-taking. But innately, I was a good kid. I didn't like the idea of sneaking out or sneaking around or doing anything along those lines. But this boy, he had all sorts of freedom. Freedom he probably shouldn't have had for his age. But I was extremely drawn to that because that, that was powerful. And I'm impulsive by nature. I'm impulsive. So I'm not going to look at that and go, you know, that could probably get me in trouble. Or that's probably a bad idea or anything along those lines. No, no, no. That sounds like fun and also scary, but fun. So I was drawn to the freedom he had that I didn't. And I was also drawn to this, you know, sense of, he was, he was pretty popular. And he was also, he wasn't necessarily well-liked, actually. (laughs) He was totally the bad boy. And if you're a mom listening to this, thinking that your teenage daughter has ADHD, and you're like, oh my gosh, my teenage daughter only dates the bad boys, and I don't know why. Well, here's why. There is a part of us as an ADHD person as an ADHD woman that likes this idea that I can handle something somebody else can't. I can be with somebody that other people would say, "Oh, that person's that person's really difficult or they're harder." I can do it because that will make that will affirm for me that I am special, that I'm smart and that I'm worthy and all of these things. So we want this, we go with this uh, person who's not very good for us. And what ends up happening in those toxic relationships is our worst fears are realized. Because this person takes the time and they get to know us, especially in our adolescence. They get to know us in a way that we've never allowed somebody to get to know us before. And they start to tell us things and exploit our already scared, misperceived self-identity. By saying things like, look, you know, you don't do your homework. You don't get good grades. You're lazy. You, you're irrational or you're dramatic. You're just being dramatic. And as an, not only just an adolescent girl, but as an adolescent girl with ADHD, yeah, I knew I was dramatic. I have emotional dysregulation. I have ADHD. My downs are so far down and my highs are way high up. And everything in between bounces around. So yeah, I'm emotional. Yes, I'm chatty. And yes, I'm thinking to myself, I must be lazy. Because I don't do the things everybody else does. So how did I climb myself out of this? How did I create an identity for myself apart from that relationship or apart from my actions or what I felt like were my inactions? As I got older... I made some even more impulsive decisions. I was 17, and I decided I was going to move out on my parents against their better judgment. They begged me. And I think my dad even stood in the way and tried to come pick me up and call the police and all sorts of other things. But I totally said, I'm moving out. I want my freedom. And I moved in with this boy man who was not in a place to be having his girlfriend live with him. But I wanted my freedom, and I was impulsive. And I said, this is where I'm going to go. So I did that, and I got pregnant by the time I was, I was four months after I turned 18. I got pregnant with my first son, and I had him three days after I turned 19. After I turned 19, I tried again to get out of this bad, toxic relationship, and I went and lived on my own, and I told myself, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live on my own. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I can do it. And do you know what actually happened? Everything got worse for me because living on my own exploited all of my struggles. I couldn't keep my house clean. I couldn't pay my bills on time. A lot of me struggling to pay my bills on time, I think also has to do with the economic state at the time. This was 2009. I was working a job for $8 an hour and trying to live that way, and (laughs) that's just impossible. I was also only able to work part-time because I had a son. But the fact that I couldn't keep my house clean and the fact that I struggled so much to organize my life continued to affirm for me all of the things that had been told to me from this person in the past, that I was unworthy, lazy, stupid, crazy, dramatic, and the worst of all, that I would never be able to succeed without him. By the way, spoiler alert, all those things were a total lie. Obviously, I've been able to find success without him. I have thrived without him, and I've even figured out why I operate the way that I do, and how to manage it. But at the time, I was fighting this silent enemy, really. And I actually don't like to look at ADHD as my enemy anymore. But at the time, when I look back at it, and I see that I was battling something outside of myself that I didn't recognize, it does kind of feel like something that was just sitting there, breaking up my ability to be a responsible adult. So, How did I create my identity or how did I break away from that identity of myself that I had created all those years? And again, let's also go back to why didn't anybody recognize what I was really dealing with? One, as a girl, I was going to mask it. Obviously, that's what I was doing. All those times in school, all those times in high school, in middle school, in elementary when I would lie or I would tell somebody that I had it all together and I didn't or I would make it out like I was this really smart girl who had all my stuff together but yet my grades were lacking. I was masking it and that is something that women do, I think, better than boys do. Now, boys will still have that presentation sometimes of masking it. I do think my, my oldest son had some masking. Obviously, he was hiding his referrals from me. But I think all of that behavior of masking our struggles comes from this innate knowing. We know. We know that we don't want to be like this. We don't want to disappoint the people that, are, that love us. We don't want to show you that there is some sort of proof or evidence that we're not smart. And why is that? Because we're worried we're not smart as it is. So we mask it. We don't tell anybody what's going on. But I will also say, because that was also one of the reasons that nobody recognized it in me, as I got older and I started to recognize it in myself, I really started to look at what ADHD is. And like I had said in the beginning, some people will say, well, ADHD is not a disorder. It is a just a different type of brain wiring. It's a different type. Well, we could say that about any sort of mental disorder, OK? I think what it comes down to is, yes, your brain generally is going to be different you are going to need to uh, be physically be physically active to get the chemicals in your brain that you really need or that you want but it also comes down to because we have this lack of chemicals because we have this lack of dopamine or norepinephrine or serotonin all these different ones that all play on majority of them play on our prefrontal cortex which Houses are executive function, and your executive functions, if you're listening to this and you don't have ADHD, your executive functions are those things that allow you to schedule a doctor's appointment, or to organize your day, or to keep a schedule, or to be able to just take a shower or uh, brush your teeth. Day-to-day tasks that you don't really think second nature about because your brain just says, oh yeah, that's what I got to do next. Our brain doesn't do that. We lack chemicals in that portion. And when it's a lack of chemicals, there's only very few physiological things you can do to create those chemicals. And then a lot of times too, just as with people with depression and things along those lines where they'll say, Oh yeah, if you have depression you should exercise more. Yeah, well, try telling a depressed person that that yes, you need this chemical in your brain, but before you have it, you have to convince your brain to go get it. It's pardon my language, but it is damn near impossible. So when you have ADHD and they tell you things like, well, if you worked out, you'd probably feel better, or if you just picked up your house, you'd probably feel better. Yeah, yeah, being able to stay clean and on top of things does give you dopamine, and I will tell you that I've seen some people who grew up in a fairly healthy uh, household who have ADHD who did develop some of those good coping mechanisms in dealing with their ADHD, where... For instance, my husband, pretty positive he has ADHD, but he's developed this coping mechanism of if it feels overwhelming, I have to take care of it right this second. And if I don't, then it's just going to feel overwhelming and I don't like that feeling. For me, I instead went and got my dopamine from other sources, from my relationships, from my social value. But an ADHD person is always going to be searching for that missing chemical, always, always. Now, you can create it by creating good habits, but it doesn't always stay that way. If you hit another traumatic event or if you have another stressor add to your life, like a harder job, you're going to have a lack because the things that you were doing in the past, they're not enough anymore. And that's because you're always operating from a deficit. So medication and therapy help tremendously. But the other thing too is that when I really started to look at ADHD and what it was based on brain imaging and recognized it for the deficiency that it is, I realized that even getting on medication, it is not going to fix me. It does not make me clean my house, okay, except for maybe the first week that you're on it when all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get this done. It gives you the chemicals you need That all of those things that everybody told you growing up, like, oh, well, if you tried it this way, that might work. But you couldn't still apply that. Getting on medication, I feel personally, and I'm not saying medication is for everybody, but for me personally, medication gave me that ability to where when somebody would suggest, well, if you tried this way, that might help you. I could apply it. Before, I couldn't apply it. I couldn't apply the things that I needed to do With medication. The other thing I started to do was I started to really dive into, one, where does my value come from? Does it come from my ability to keep my house clean? Does it come from my ability as a wife to be able to do all the things? Does it come from my success monetarily? Does it come from my finances? And when I started to realize that all of those things could change from outside of me without anything that I did, my monetary situation could change drastically based on the economy. could change based on my job. So my worth can't be tied up in those things because those things can vary. It has to be tied to something constant and it has to be tied to something that will never change and that's God. When I did that and then when I also looked at who I wanted to be and who I actually was being. As an ADHD person who had always used relationships as my dopamine, I was so prone to people-pleasing and not wanting to disappoint people and wanting to fit in and be with people that claimed to care about me. I would spend a great amount of time having friends and doing things with them But when I really started to look at who it was I wanted to be, somebody said, who's Lacey Estelle? What is she like? On a personal level, who were they going to say I was? Were my kids going to say that I was a good mom? Was my family going to say that I was a good daughter? Was my husband going to say that I was a good wife? If I want him or them to say those things, what do I need to be able to do for them? And I think that that is where I was really able to look at my actions. People are not who they say they are. People are what they do. My toxic relationship was based on the love bombings that I would have, the highs that I would have, that I would use, that I would chase all the time during the cycle of abuse. And chasing that high was always going to, I was always going to end up in despair because that high did not last and in chasing that high i was chasing that high of where my abuser or my my then boyfriend would love bomb me and telling me that i was worthy and wonderful and he was so sorry and that i was this great person constantly chasing that kept me in this cycle of codependency of needing his approval and needing his approval and then when i wouldn't get it and he would then switch to affirming all of my worst fears i was like oh my gosh i have to go back to this i i i have to prove to him that i'm not this terrible awful lazy person that he thinks i am and that i'm worthy of the love that he originally showed me so i have to try to appease him and you will do that as an adhd woman you will do that with any relationship you have if you don't recognize yourself as having adhd If you recognize yourself as having ADHD, you recognize that you're operating at a deficit, then you can go get the chemicals that you need, whether that's by medication or that's by some sort of alternative treatment. And there's all sorts of alternative treatments. Once you get those chemicals, then you can form your identity apart from your faults. And you can form your identity not based on other people's actions, but based on what you do. Who are you? What do you do? And then you can start to shed all of the things that you thought you were and recognize that they that's not who you were you do try hard you do work hard you are not lazy you are not stupid and you are not all of your worst fears you're not you are a woman who has adhd who needs extra chemicals in her brain to be able to optimally function and you are worthy of love you are worthy of success. And you are worthy of all the things that you would like to have. You deserve all those things. You deserve to be able to do the things you want to do without the struggle in your brain of not being able to grasp them, so to speak. But ultimately, what I think I want you to take away from this is that ADHD in girls, ADHD in women is not always recognizable because we're going to mask it. That's who we are. That's how we are. A lot of times, that's how it presents to us or presents in us. We're going to mask it because we want for you to like us. We need for you to like us because of the fact that rejection is so hard for us, which is a whole nother episode, but rejection is so difficult for us, and we need this, these outside sources to affirm for us that we're good, that we're smart, so we're going to fake it. And we're not going to tell you when we're struggling and we're not going to let you know. And we're going to do all these things. We're all, we're going to create all these crazy ways to function as best we can so that nobody knows how hard it actually is for us. And internally, we're going to also be thinking, wow, how does everybody else just make this look easy? Because internally, these things are so hard for me. School was so hard for me. Getting up in the morning was so hard for me. But I was not about to tell anybody that because look at all these girls who clearly can do it. So... If they can do it, I, something's wrong with me. But it's not a chemical imbalance. Well, it is. It's a chemical imbalance. Straight up it is. Once you have all the tools that you need, and if that tool includes medication, being able to do those things and accomplish those things becomes way easier. And then you can start to form your identity outside of your faults and outside of your dopamine chasing because your value doesn't come from being able to accomplish all the things you want to accomplish. So that's going to wrap up this episode, and I hope you really like it. I hope that it helps you to recognize that if maybe your daughter's struggling with ADHD and maybe you don't notice, you feel like she's just being lazy or that she's just being a rebellious teenager. But there might be something else going on. You know, look at her motivations. If you're just having a conundrum of why in the world would she want to do this or why in the world would she want to date that boy or why in the world would she... Decide to make these really bad decisions that I know she's more than capable of not making those decisions. Well, start to ask yourself maybe she's searching for a specific type of chemical that she's lacking in her brain. And if that's the case, then talk to a neuropsychologist. A neuropsychologist can help you to better understand your brain. They'll do all the testing that you need them to do. They're not going to look at you from a psychiatrist standpoint and just ask you if you want medication. And not saying that medication is bad, I don't think so, but I don't like the idea of. Medication being the primary motivator when you're talking to a doctor because you want help with your brain. I think that understanding your brain is the best starting point to getting help as an ADHD woman and to being able to find success and find your identity outside of your struggles. If you are listening to this because you think you might have ADHD, did you resonate with any of the things I talked about? Do you Can you look back in your elementary school days or your high school days and say, wow, you know, when I really think about it, I, I probably was always relying more on my social relationships to give me the chemicals that make me feel good. Or, and we'll talk about this in a later episode, a lot of ADHD people struggle with addiction, and that's self-medicating. That's what it is. Addiction is self-medication. And it's self-medication because people lack a certain chemical in their brain originally and they need to find ways to get that chemical in their brain and a lot of times they turn to drugs. So maybe you're listening to this and you're just realizing that maybe this addiction that you struggled with in the past or maybe when you went through your college days and you found yourself doing cocaine all the time and you think to yourself now, oh, I would never touch that ever again now, but... You think back and you're like, well, maybe I was searching for something more than just peer pressure. Maybe I was using that because it made me feel good. And if that's the case, and you're still in your life right now where you're thinking to yourself, man, I still struggle with all these tasks. And I just feel like I'm not a very good mom or I feel like I'm not a very good wife because I can't keep the house clean and I can't organize myself enough to figure out how to create dinner every weekend. But I can go out to the garden and I can garden all weekend long because I love it. Or I can sit down and read a book all weekend long because I enjoy it. Or I can binge watch Netflix because I love it, but I can't make myself unload the dishwasher every single day. That's ADHD. And... If it's really affecting your life and it's, if it's affecting your relationships and if your husband is questioning, you know, your motivations and you're thinking to yourself, man, why? Why am I like this? I want to be different and I can't seem to make myself different. Well, if you have the want to be different and you can't seem to make that happen on your own, that sounds to me like a chemical imbalance. That sounds to me just like when somebody says they're depressed and they want to be happy but they can't figure out how to make that happen. It's the same thing with ADHD. You want to be functional. You want to be able to remember things. So I hope that you will post comments in the comment section and the show notes. And um, again, I will make sure that we link to any books or resources that I talked about in this episode in the show notes of this podcast. And um, I hope that this helped you to get some answers, to relate to yourself and relate to me in ways that you're like, wow, that is, that is so me. And I hope that the one thing that you do take away from this episode is that you recognize, like I recognize, that your value does not come from your ability to succeed in all the ways that you think you need to succeed. Monetarily, financially, academically, relationally, your value comes from something completely outside of yourself that you don't have control over and that's from God. And you don't necessarily have to believe that, but you can believe that I believe that. And if it comes from that, then you can recognize that you may just need a little extra help. And even if you do get to a point to where you are succeeding and you're functioning optimally and you're accomplishing all the things you want to accomplish, ultimately, even at the end of the day, those things are not what make you worthy of love. And those things are not what make you a worthy human being. Those things are just these great things that you've always wanted to tackle and you've always wanted to accomplish, and now you can. So I hope you enjoyed listening. I'll talk to you soon. That is going to wrap up this episode of an ADD Woman podcast. What did you think? How do you feel? I would love to hear from you. And if any of the things I just said are of interest to you, I'd strongly recommend that you check out the blog, which is hosted at lacyestelle.com. On there, I talk about all things ADHD parenting, when you're an adult with ADHD as well, and how to deal with it. I'd love to hear your thoughts, love to hear what you think, and I'll be talking to you guys soon.